Welcome to Chuck's, and here we are again on a Wednesday with a familiar feeling of uh, Browns hanging. Trying to make Wednesday. sense of the trying to make sense of the Browns, their season, their last game, their uh, and their future, and all of that. It was all too familiar of a feeling losing to a backup quarterback in a game you should win this year. Third string I, is quarterback. It, is it the uh, is it the fourth game we lost because we lost to. The, the 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 Steelers, the Broncos, and then the Titans. Mariota is a now backup. Is yeah. a backup. Um, technically, Fitzmagic. Yeah. I mean, yeah. What's his name? Rosen is technical. Was technically mm-hmm. one of the year's starter, but he, he put up. We didn't lose to him, but he put up twenty four or whatever points on us um, a few weeks ago. So, so yeah, it was. Uh, um, I tell you, as a Browns fan, I can only say thank God for the Buckeyes. Mm. I mean, I, I would, I, 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 this is pushing, this is testing my oats, man. Mm-hmm. This is really, mm-hmm. um, it's not that they're seven, five and seven, it's the way they're five and seven. You know, like, I was just, when we were talking earlier before this, if, if Burroughs got drafted by the Bengals, like for a split second there, I thought, well, all right, just switch teams. I know you're a Bengals fan. Well, I mean, for as you know, I'm secondly a Bengals fan anyway. And if Joe Burrow goes to the Bengals, I mean, Oof. I'm just going to root for them so hard. Mm-hmm. Except when they play the, it'll be back to my childhood years when I was man, I was rooting hard for Ohio. And yeah. the only time it changed was when that you know they played each other and the Browns had the chance to go to the playoffs. But when the Bengals had the opportunity to go to the playoffs, I remember in the late '80s there were some times where I went, man, I, I hope the Bengals win this because I'd love to see them. And they did. They went to the Super Bowl in 88. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's just, it's unbelievable. There's so many lessons. There's so many life lessons from this. Um, but they're really testing. They're hard to like. Mm-hmm. They're very hard to like. They have been a joke maybe more this year than ever because they've had constant off-field distractions Mm -hmm. the latest being freddie kitchens the head coach wearing the pittsburgh started it t-shirt i mean what head coach does that Mm -hmm. i you know i don't care that your daughter said hey dad you got to wear this we go to the movie tonight yeah fine Mm -hmm. fine cover it up but yeah Yeah, the the funny thing is it's it's totally something that would i think tomlin would do but Tomlin takes a third-string quarterback to the playoffs too. That's right. <laughs> so Tomlin can do That's that. Right. I mean, like Tomlin would totally do something like that. He would. He yeah, yawns, right. you know, the Odell back. You know, like he, yeah, he, he does right. that stuff. But then he takes, you know, Duck Hodges to the playoffs, mm-hmm. which they're most likely going to make the playoffs. That, or they which might. is amazing. It is. You know, it's just amazing. And I, I think after watching the Steelers win again, he knows, you know, I just Steelers are right up there with Michigan for me. But I respect them. That's the difference. I don't respect Michigan, but I, mm-hmm. I, the Steelers, my respect for them went up even more. Because here they are playing a third-string quarterback, missing their center, missing their wide receivers, missing their running back, and they're still better than the Browns. Mm-hmm. I, neither, you and I were not surprised by that yeah. outcome. The Browns added Odell, Hunt, Baker, Jarvis, Chubb, and all this. The Steelers lost Ben, Bell. Yeah. Uh, Brown, and the, you know, and they're better. Wild. It's, it's wild. just, I mean, I have just respect for that, you know. That's, for anyone that doesn't think coaching has anything to do with the NFL, oh, it's huge. Boy, that game was was indicative that it, that's very wrong. much. It, I know, and culture, you mm-hmm. know, culture trumps strategy. Mm-hmm. 
every mm-hmm. day. It's so true. There's just an expectation to win with these certain mm-hmm. uh, franchises, and uh, the Steelers are one of those, mm-hmm. and i got to hand it to them. We did see on the other side, though, this weekend, that same thing in effect for um, working for us, not against mm-hmm. us, though, with yeah. – with uh, you know, like Justin Fields the, at the end of the Ohio State game saying that it just means more, and I think there is a um, an expectation. Fleming and I were having a, were talking this week, and the only time we really talked about the game was just his. He thought it's it's an all of a, it's a coaching issue, coaching issue for Michigan. We we have we've had the better coaches, they've not. I was saying I think it, no, I think it's I think it's more of the Jimmys and the Joes than. Uh, you know the the Michigan has all Michigan has all Big Ten, Ohio State has all American players, um, but in the last X amount of years, I forget how many they have, like five more four or five star players and recruits mm-hmm. than we have, um, but dramatically less all Americans and and, and mm-hmm. first rounders than we've ever had. Mm-hmm. So clearly they're just not. Developing yeah, and I think it. to the extent that uh, what you were bouncing off of their culture. There's just such a culture at Ohio State, mm. a tremendous uh, culture that's built there. Um, they'll just have to intercept any entropy that's always creeping. Mm. But if they if they can intercept that, which I think Day's the guy, I think there may be a sense in which Ohio State has the best coach they've had. You know, because not only is he more balanced than Urban, he has that ruthless competitiveness too, combined mm-hmm. with his players love him. Mm-hmm. And I think he's really smart. I think mm-hmm. he's a really smart dude. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just – have you ever felt better going into a postseason? I mean, I haven't. I don't think I, as, so. as much as – And, I, and I, I think it also has to do with a little bit the uh, – you know, all, all of these guys that are playing for Ohio State this year got recruited on the 2014 year. Yeah, yeah. So they they got recruited in that post. No, we do beat all SEC teams now, mm-hmm. you know, and we walk mm-hmm. over them when we do it. So I, I I do feel better from that. That's not so much with day, but I, I mean day does make me feel good. Um, but uh, just that, yeah. I mean playing LSU, well, that's what we you know, or mm-hmm. Clemson or whoever you know. They, Wouldn't it be fun if we could play LSU? That That'd be, be so fun because be I mean I just am such a Joe Burrow fan. If mm-hmm. if if the Tigers were to beat us, that'd be that's okay. Yeah, you know I I yeah. just I just think it's so neat. And, I, and honestly, I think it's so neat that Columbus is the second highest TV rating area for LSU mm-hmm. games. Yeah, and and I think it's been pretty well documented. And our Chucksters and Chuckettes may not know this, but Georgia fans are just rooting overwhelmingly for Justin Fields, who transferred from Georgia to fail. But that is not the case. I don't mean to sound virtuous, but it's really cool, I think, that mm-hmm. that Buckeye fans are just rooting for Joey Burrow, you know? Yeah. And uh, I, I just think it's neat. Uh, it's, just, it's yeah. about Ohio. <laughs> it really yeah. is. And I would be so thrilled that he, if he could go to the Bengals because I think he's one of those types that could elevate that franchise, which has maybe as bad a cultural, if not worse, than the Browns. At least the Browns are – committed uh, the Haslams are committed to winning and I can't say that about mm-hmm. um Mike Brown I just I can't honestly say that mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so anyhow here's our here's our both our angst and and uh about this time of year but then also our uh joy uh 
of coming off. You know, the winter's always warmer after a Michigan win. Yeah. Uh, that is always a, a good thing. And in the McMahon households. Such a relief to get that game over with. It is. I don't enjoy that game at all until it's over with. And that was <laughs> just, my only, that was my only you know, reluctancy with day was, um, does he hate Michigan as much as I do? You know, not, you know, that, you know is this New Hampshire guy? Does yeah. he understand this? And so I was really worried, you know, going into this, this Saturday. I was really... You had uh, a bad feeling about I, it. I did. I thought, you know, if you told me we'd win by three scores, yeah, we probably should. At their field, we should probably win by three scores. On paper, if you told me we lost by two, yeah, I, I totally believe you. Um, and a lot of that had to do with, I mean, does this guy hate Michigan? You know, mm-hmm. I, um, Urban hates Michigan. Uh, he he won't, he doesn't need... ten-year war child. Yeah, and... Um, you know, so that was that was a real relief, especially for me. It was just that, um, as we said after the game, I feel like Day now really feels like he's coaching at Ohio State. Now that he beat Michigan, well, you saw his relief. He did seem, and he said yesterday in his press conference, it was not joy; it was relief to finally mm-hmm. get that win. Mm-hmm. And and you know his his lip was quivering in the on field. I think after that's the, game. the thing that that especially a guy not being from Ohio might drive him away to the NFL is that, gosh, I'm, you know, after five years, I'm yeah. four and one against Michigan. I'm getting out of here. Yeah. You know, like I'm, yeah. I've, I've kind of made my, I I, and I'm, I'm not ready to, I'm in urban, you know, he wants mm. that, he wants the pressure of beating Michigan every day of the week. I know. He you lives know? for that. He lives yeah. for that. And I, and I, I still think I could, I could very easily see Ryan Day as the next coach of the New England Patriots. Mm-hmm. Uh, New England kid. And I think, I think he's smart, man. I think he's the kind of guy that can take, you know, as Bum Phillips once said, he he can take Ewans and beat Hisens, and then he can take Hisens and beat Ewans. <laughs> you know, I, I do. I think he's – I'm a believer. Yeah. I just think he's really smart. So uh, having said all that then, what's our application today? What what – you know, I, there's so many things. Well, there's been so many times in you – I the thing on my mind the most – uh, particularly within this context, um, is firing Freddie and in going about. Um, it's uh, he seems like he's gotten to his his he's reached his ceiling. <laughs> I don't see. Um, and you have so often dealt with um, throughout your career. Just uh, it seems like you just it, this would be best to just cut ties here. <laughs> And just get it. I mean, we know we know where this is going. Why don't we just you know whether it's a, that is a firing or just a, some drastic shift? But there are, um, but it is just more delicate than that. As far as, gosh, you start over again with a new coach or um, within an organization, people's uh, emotions and feelings and well-being and or you know, whatever. Um, it's just not as. Uh, I don't know. There's a. It's obvious in what you need to do, but the the, the truth of uh, the uh, the nature of it that, it that it is obvious what's best for the organization, the team, the future. Um, you can't quite do it. That's yeah. a, that's a that's a real it's conundrum. It's really delicate. Yeah. Well, you know, whatever leadership capital you think you spend when you have to let someone go, double it. Double it because you're spending twice the capital you think. So, spend that capital, and the cost-benefit analysis had better come back. 
And most of the return on any type of letting go doesn't come back quickly. It just looks bad. Mm-hmm. It has a huge effect upon your organization. The smaller the organization, the more the effect it has, the reverberations of that decision. So, yeah, you know, two – who was it? Was it Twain who said two processes should never be uh, engaged with in prematurely embalming and divorce? Hmm. You know, and I think firing is a divorce. Uh, especially when you're leading a relationally based organization. Yeah. I mean, our whole capital is relationships. So that's when it really gets odd. Because you see, like, weekends like this, like, uh, I think, the, I mean, this is not as significant as firing a coach, but the Patriots are going through the third kicker. Like, you missed a kick, yeah. you're done. Yeah, you're done. I mean, you I know, can't and, miss and, a, and, I lean and he I, will fire people just so right. fast. I know. And I told you, I said, oh my gosh, how much, I want to say, how much easier it would be to lead an organization when you don't have to care about anyone. <laughs> just like everybody's a moving part and uh, you know everybody's important but nobody's irreplaceable right mm-hmm. and he just man nugent out you yeah. know he just that's why we've had the sense that the minute brady's qb rating goes down throughout the course there's of the year, he's no gone. doubt i'm telling you it is it, it is going to happen i think tom brady knows it's going to happen i think that's part of the reason why his house is up for sale in New England, I do. I think he knows, and that, you know, and I don't. I don't want to see that end that way. Yeah. I just think he's the best of all time, and there's no doubt in my mind. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no doubt in my mind. I have a dear friend who, who, uh, who led a church from. You know, he started it. Don Wilson started Christ Church of the Valley in the Phoenix area in 1986. With you know, now they have 22,000. And I mean, Don, he's an old defensive back for Kansas State, and he's just a tough, good old boy. Always put the organization ahead of his relationships. Hmm. And I mean, he made, you know. Made made some enemies, probably. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And, uh, you know, that's not me. Yeah. It is not me. I think as you get older, you get grumpier, and you get less patient about stuff. So I'm I'm, certainly – there's one that's weird because I'm more – I'm more likely to say to someone, you know, you're just not working out today than I used to be. But it should never be done. Mm-hmm. Quickly. Where does someone like this, that, 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 that pastor, where does he, is this like a, a more specific sentiment of, you know what, uh, John Mark, you're getting in the way. You're done. Like, I don't care the, the battles, or Barnabas, you know what? Yeah, exactly. You know what? I, and, I, can't, I can't carry this. And with, I, I've got too much pressure. I think we it gotta... is your reference there, and what Paul, uh, what Austin's referencing is, is his division with John Mark. He, I can't depend on him, Barnabas. Mm-hmm. And they let him go, and there was a sharp division among Barnabas and Paul. And I do think you see that same ethos, right? Mm-hmm. That, you know, in the NFL, it's a, it's a win-lose business. <laughs> it is a win-lose business. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's really weird, yeah, because in the kingdom, the work has such high stakes. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, there's such high stakes. I mean, you're talking about eternity are the stakes of what we're involved in. That uh, I've always found it a, a great tension to, to you know, it's, 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 you get, to really do it well, you have to build a family type Mm-hmm. Of situation, but man, that seems so hypocritical when you fire someone from your own family. <laughs> you know, it just yeah. does. It was interesting this week. The Browns let Chris Smith go, and if those mm-hmm. of you who followed football know, Chris Smith's girlfriend was killed in a car accident 
this fall and Chris Smith just wasn't able to produce. And there are a lot of people saying, man, that just seems harsh. Like put him on the injured reserve, you know, Mm dude, don't cut him. Mm -hmm. And I get that. I get that. And I know this, every time you fire someone, your culture changes. Mm -hmm. It changes. Now, you know, Amos Alonzo Stagg, after the University of Chicago went 9-0 and one year, this was back in 1907 when Michigan was winning games, um, uh, he was asked, well, this was a great year, Coach Stagg, wasn't it? And he said, we'll know in 20 years. In other words, this is not about winning football games, it's about, about producing the right mm-hmm. young men. We'll know in 20 years if this was a good year. And you always think of the leadership decisions that way, you know. Well, that was a bad decision. That was a good decision. A lot of times, we'll know in two years. Mm-hmm. We'll know in ten years. Now, I've had to do some painful cutting ties. And I want to say this the right way. I've, n- I've never enjoyed it. And I can, every one of them was the right decision. And a lot of times I see it was the right decision for our church, but it was the right decision for that person. Mm-hmm. Very painful. I mean, I, you know, some that I, I say, well, would you do it again? <sighs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it was, the best, it was the best situation even for the individuals, people I love dearly. You mm-hmm. Know? Mm-hmm. And uh, it had tremendous effect. This is, you know, this is, I think... In the context of people not producing, I think, like a Chris Smith. Like, you mm-hmm. know, and, and that's where I think it's most of I mean, when someone has a ideological, moral failure against your organization or, you know, yeah. is, is a division in your locker room, that's, I mean, that's that's pretty... Cut and dried. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's and that one, you're, that one, the person offends you or offends your people. And, and, and prior to being let go, they're separating themselves from the pack in a sense and... You know, but it, I think this is more in the sense of of that Belichickian. Mm-hmm. You can't miss a field goal. Yeah, we don't exactly. accept field goals and penalties. You will be yeah, cut. That's right. If you don't produce exactly the you know to our standards, and um, and those are the, those are the ones that, that would seem to be the the most difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they are. And uh, you know, it's interesting now. The culture. Is is changed so has changed so much broadly that to lead a sustaining, prevailing church in this era is harder than ever. I I I would I would it's it's got to be so hard to start a church now for so many reasons. But what that does is you have to be very efficient with every. Mm-hmm. with every staff person. So right now, we've been gone through, going through since the summer, tearing our, uh, we were using the advantage by Patrick Lencioni in the six questions. Why do we exist? How do we behave? What, what is most important right now? The six questions of organizational culture. Culture is the advantage, a healthy culture. And because with, when this is done, you as an employee of Southbrook will know every week specifically what you have to achieve. 
There will be no ambiguity if we do what we have to do. Because now, for there to be results, we, we can't waste a person. Mm-hmm. We can't waste a person. So at the end of this, and, we're, and, we, and we have said, you know, gosh, it's, it's been laborious. I mean, it's been, we spent 20 hours just working through why do we exist? Mm-hmm. Why, why do we exist? And uh, we're going to communicate that to the church in January, mm-hmm. a shift of, towards simplicity of our mission. But that's 20 hours of meetings. That's 20 hours of seven, eight people. So, you mm-hmm. know, that's 160, out, you know, man hours. And, uh, it, you know, it's, it's tough, but we said we're not going to race through that because culture is everything. It, it trumps strategy. You know, mm-hmm. who was it said culture eats strategy for breakfast? It does. If you don't, it doesn't matter what your plan is, Browns. If you don't build the right culture with the right people, you're going to undermine your very attempts to be a winner. So it's, mm. it's hard. You know, I, I, I'm thinking, um, that I don't know how to th- clearly put all this out there, but kind of holding up two ideas that people might use to navigate. And one is the more general, um, when one thinks of like a, a Christian business or, which is which is more of that family um, uh, we're friends and then coworkers as opposed to a, 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 some organizations that we would like it if you weren't friends with your coworkers mm-hmm. get along and be friendly mm-hmm. but the, but the, but your coworkers you're working towards a mission and if you are friends that's great but we would you know the the general the first one the general are, are kind of these loose general Christian principles of, or vague, I guess, that, that comes from, um, I guess, call it uh, just general Christian principles, kindness, forgiveness, compassion, uh, uh, submission, you know, these kind of just general that I think on the surface uh, are very... Um, most churchgoers would that that's how you identify Christianity. Just like those, mm-hmm. that's what you that's what you are. You submit, nice, you, nice you're nice or a nice person, mm-hmm. you um but but next to that you could have possibly and I'm just kinda of trying this on in front of the mirror, you have more what 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 does scripture say about how you go about a mission? What does the Bible how does um how does Jesus, how does as we said, how does Paul go about a mission? And the driving force between the principles of a myth, the ethics within a mission and people very clearly don't seem to be um, kindness, niceness, submission um, off the bat. So I, I, I'm, yeah. and I'm, I'm, what I'm referencing here is I think one of the most ex- every time I read it, the most one of the most exciting passages of, of chapters, especially in the Gospels is Matthew 10. Like every other line there is just, whoa, like Jesus is laying it out. Like yeah. here's what it's going to look like. Here's yeah. what I'm sending you to. Here's what you're going to do. Yeah. Um, and then at the end Sheep of it, among wolves. at the end of it is, 
I'm going to, you know, you're going to be turned against your family members. You're going to be turned against your, not that that's the goal, but this is in the context of, hey, you're not going to be lighting the incense in the morning to the pagan god of the sun anymore. You're going to be doing, you know, there are things that are going to happen that are not going to make you very popular with your crowd. Um, But getting along with people is um, second order, third order. First order is is ex- executing this. And mm-hmm. it seems to be that, that Paul takes that with, with John Mark, with Barnabas. Hey, it'd be great if I could get along with you because I'd love to do this ministry with you. But I'm not called to be nice to you. I'm called to, yeah. to preach to the Gentiles. Yeah. Um, I would love to preach to Gentiles and have this benefit. Mm-hmm. But maybe that's not, that's not where I'm going to put my energy into. So, but the general, I think maybe Christian, if I could say not looking that deep into what does the text say about how I should therefore go about this. The driving force is, why, well, gosh, I have this pressure to be nice. I have this pressure to submit, but I just don't know if that, yeah. how, 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 how should that? Well, there are uh, two kinds of leaders in Christian organizations, to your point. The one who doesn't accept, and then there's the one that does accept this reality, is leadership and discipleship. Are they going to be on a collision course sometimes? And they are. And I accept that. There are going to be times when it, that, you know, you're mentoring people in formation of Christ is going to be at odds with leading an organization. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what you're referencing. And you can say, okay, I'm not accepting that reality. Fine. You know, I'm always going to, I'm gonna, always going to look at it. I'm a spiritual father. I'm, I'm discipling. I'll never let anyone go. Da, 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 da. And I, and I understand that. But human nature is what it is, and Paul knew that, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, speed of the leader, speed of the team, there had to be, I mean, to, to generate the momentum that the kingdom had to generate, there had to be a force of spiritual passion. And he was the right one. And when you're in the periphery of that passion, it can be pretty, whew, Mm-hmm. You know, I told you know, yeah. I mean, it it just it it's it, I accept that leadership and discipleship are going to collide sometimes, and it's really tough to navigate that. But that's you know that's the messiness mm-hmm. of this that it's not clean uh, all the time. But uh, that's well put. Uh, I I do think that there are times where the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the one. And there mm-hmm. are times, and that just sounds uncompassionate, but you know, if we if we have someone that that we're that we're not we're not over a period of time getting what we need out of them, I'm sorry, but that mom, single mom who's giving out of her paycheck to this church, it demands efficacy and efficiency. It, it just demands it, and uh, I'll always lean into that. Mm-hmm. idea it's really cool so hopefully the Browns will get it right if I were in charge of the world I would probably let Freddie Kitchens go at the end of this year you know because I just think it's a win-lose business but uh, we'll see what happens mm-hmm. we'll see what happens uh, until, until next time on Chucked this is uh, Charles Braxton with Austin Charles yeah.